Hello and welcome to Space Chats. I'm Alana Cole and I'm speaking to Tony and Ingrid from Welcome to Campfire. They are part of the production The Pigeon and the Mouse that is coming to the space the 9th through the 11th of September as a part of our upcoming autumn season. Hi, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Um, would you mind doing a little introduction of just yourselves? Anything you might want our listeners to know about you? Sure. Hi, I'm Tony Bordenero, and I am one of the co-directors of Welcome to Campfire. And I'm Ingrid Captain, the other co-director. We both are freelancers based in New York. We met when we were doing Sleep No More New York, which is Punch Drunk's epic immersive hit over there that's been running for over 11 years. We met in 2013, and then we went to Shanghai together to be part of the cast, the original cast of Sleep No More in Shanghai, China in 2017. And we made our first work as a company there in Shanghai and have since been creating full-length sci-fi dance plays about lovers at the end of the world in all the years. <laughs> that is incredible. That is also just a fabulous um, place to meet. I had the opportunity to go to Punch Drunk here in London, and it was fabulous. Um, but it is truly like another world. For sure. It definitely is. And Ingrid is currently performing in the Punch Drunk show, The Burnt City, and she is fantastic. Amazing. <laughs> so side note, if you get over there before it closes, I think September 24th, right, Ingrid? Mm -hmm. um, it's quite an amazing experience, unlike anything I've seen. So Ingrid, you're balancing both doing um, Punch Drunk and then also coming to the space this September. That's a lot of things. Yes, joining the Burnt City in London was the perfect, luckiest opportunity to look for overseas uh, performance possibilities for our company. So we're really psyched to fit it all in. That's incredible. Um, and as incredible Punch Drunk is, I'd love to focus more on Welcome to Campfire and the work that you produce um, through that. Is it at all inspired by the way that you met through Punch Drunk or is it specific to um, dance discipline, your history in dance? Can you give me an insight into kind of what drives the productions that you create? I think like anyone and everyone, we're influenced by um, the work that we've done over the years. Um, but I think that um, our work, Welcome to Campfire, is very uniquely us and a combination of what's important to us um, as far as themes and as far as medium, mixing both um, story with movement, telling story through physical movement. Um, and I think the, the, the theme of, of human connection um, this like sort of underlying love story that uh, permeates all of our work um, is is unique to to us and and to what we value and to what we want to share with the world. Um, but yes, I think we're definitely you know influenced by um, by how we met and our friendship and our relationship 
and um, our deep connection with each other. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say performing with Punch Drunk is a profound training ground among other, another, I mean, there's an infinity of ways that it's informed my life, but to perform as a character, as a dancer for three hours every night has taught me a lot of what I know. In terms of Welcome to Campfire, we've, though we, like Tony said, we're influenced and we're educated by that, we've never aimed to imitate. And one of the elements of our work that I think is most particular to us is that the stories are original. We're not making productions that are based off core texts like Shakespeare or Greek legend that are accessible to anyone outside of the show. These stories have really come out of from us. the, the open us. unknown of the space in the studio between us, yes. That's incredible. Um, how do you find inspiration for your original stories? You're not using a core text, so do you pull from life experience? Are you pulling from, um, I know you talk a little bit about sci-fi and fantasy, so what kind of inspires and drives um, the sci-fi and fantasy elements of your story? I think a lot of it comes from just kind of the original story we created. Um, the original piece that we made was called Campfire, and it's kind of where we got the the name of the company a couple years later um, as Welcome to Campfire. But that story, Ingrid and I were in Shanghai, and we were at a uh, museum, and we were just kind of walking around looking at art and I said to Ingrid, you know, what would you want to create? And she said, I want to, I want to create something about empathy. And she's like, what would you want to create? And I was like, something sci-fi. And those two ideas kind of merged together in the most sort of like um, seamless way, because we believe that at the core of most sci-fi stories is really um, a story of of human nature, of what what lacks, and um, when everything else is stripped away, when we're in complete survival mode, or when we're at um, the place where where you know, like where all of the, the luxuries of life are stripped away from us, what we see is really the essence of human nature, and it can bring out the good and the ugly in, in humans. But what we're focusing on is that that like everlasting power of like of human connection of of deep love and from that story campfire which was based on the two um two last humans on earth and it was it was just the two of them um sort of uh meeting together and forming a bond and trust again after after being in that fight or flight sort of mode for so long, having to survive. And then from there, we started to talk about, okay, well, what, what happened right before this story? Like, what's the prequel to this? And then we started to talk about, okay, so what happens after this prequel? Like, where, how did this, how did they get to this place? 
So the, the original idea kind of sparked inquiry into deepening the story. And what we just started to do was like tell each other this story um, of who these people are, where they come, came from, how the world got like this, why they, what's important to them. Um, and just by telling the story back and forth, we crystallize the ideas, we crystallize the story. So it was really um, a communal sort of like a uh, very primal storytelling sort of um, uh, experience of just like sort of deepening the story by our own sort of um, sharing it back and forth. Like in the first days that we were meeting in the studio, we sat down and said, okay, tell me the story. But that was before we knew anything about the story. So we were acting on instinct and trading back and forth, just adding to what each other said. And then of course, over the year of process that ensued refining at every moment, but it's a really spiritual experience to me to collaboratively hold out a bucket, you know, and see what falls into it from the air between you. And like Tony said, we keep being drawn to this apocalyptic setting for stories because it's stripped of the claptrap of modern life. But there are some elements of that and where we've wound up that feel all the more relatable. And one of them is that the sense of doom in everyday life is kind of amping up for our generation, <laughs> whether, whether politically or environmentally, everyone can connect to this sense that the end of the world might be closer than we think or than we ever thought. And also there's something in the story of the pigeon mouse that anyone who's ever been through a breakup could find, you know, if we go maybe just a little bit enough into the future that we can look back on ourselves and our present moment more clearly. Absolutely. Um, you're talking about kind of this doom that's hanging over us in a in a very real sense all the time. And I know that this was written before quarantine, um, but did quarantine at all impact the way that you tell this story? Or is this story kind of just happens to be kind of a reiteration of the fact that we are living in a way it we were living in a world that was so distant from one another. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? The wildest anecdote is that, yes, we premiered the piece in January 2020, which was before COVID, maybe only a few weeks before we first heard the word COVID, but we didn't know anything about what was coming. And we had face masks as props cut out from I Love New York t-shirts that one of the character puts on in the final scene, a prop. And then fast forward a few months, the first time we performed the piece in a COVID scenario, which was outside, we had to wear those same prop masks or else we couldn't have performed the piece. So there was an uncanny foreshadowing that we had no way of knowing we were doing. Uh, the piece is about two lovers sheltering together from an unsafe world outside. Certainly 
life imitates art, imitates life, imitates art, and the experience deepened as we performed, I think, 16 different times over the course of COVID, once in a gallery behind glass, so the audience watched from the outside while we were inside, and they listened to the sound score through personal headphones. Uh, a 4D edit of the sound that was more immersive. Um, so the experience deepened, but it was not anything that we predicted consciously. That's absolutely wild. I can't imagine. I remember having to discover what, like, where to get a face mask when that was beginning to be like the norm. Um, mm -hmm. But it's wild to see the foreshadowing in your piece. And I think like our characters, um, Ingrid and I were driven to continue um to 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 survive as artists and what that means for us was to share our work and to make opportunities for ourselves um while we were while while in the height of covid um and what that meant was figuring out safe ways that we could adapt this show so that we could still share it with people because it was important for us to be able to 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 share and to um to continue to um give our give the work um and to continue to create so um so i think we were also really forced to um to think creatively as to how we could um continue to perform <laughs> and sorry to interrupt oh you're all good if you see the piece you find that the characters are seeking solace and inspiration and simple survival in story and in fantasy and then if you think about it that's exactly what we were doing as people trying to survive a pandemic or anytime even now we are seeking the support and the strength of stories and shared fantasy to survive so in the show and out it's arguably the same and we are tremendously grateful to the space for offering us this opportunity to do the piece again because it will be the first time since the premiere that we are able to present the the production in its in its entirety with a full set and full lights and all of the scenes some spoken some not uh, we haven't done that since january 2020. that's incredible i know it will be an amazing experience and um the space itself lends itself a little bit to an apocalyptic world and the way that you can manipulate the church space, um, which is kind of just an incredible immersive element to um, the show that you're going to put on. Um, I'm very interested. I don't know if there is a long answer behind this, but um, behind the title, The Pigeon and the Mouse, um, can you just elaborate a little bit are there characters that are specific to either animal or does it have a different meaning so the pigeon and the mouse um comes from one of the lines in the show uh where we what ingrid was just talking about these two characters um a lot of times what we'll use fiction and fantasy to communicate with each other especially when 
um, the reality of what is happening is too hard to speak about literally. So we, we hear um, once upon a time, there was a pigeon and the mouse that learned that the earth is falling out of the sky. And um, a land creature and a sky creature who are deeply in love learn that the earth is falling out of the sky. Yeah. So um, these are the nicknames for each other, the pigeon and the mouse, um, that they they refer to each other. Um, yeah. And lovingly call each other. Yeah. So we're definitely keyed into one being a creature of the sky and one being a creature of the land but also we're new yorkers we've both lived there <laughs> for over a decade and pigeons and mice are some of the you know banner survivors if you're looking at the wildlife in that city and which <laughs> who's still there through all the centuries <laughs> yeah resilient animals and these are resilient characters for sure. Do you see the um, image or the emphasis of being a land creature versus a sky creature in your choreography in the way that your the different characters dance or move? I think that's for the audience to decide, but it's a clever question. <laughs> <laughs> it is just one more enticing detail to um, bring our listeners into the space to see this fabulous show or if they're not able to to um, view it on demand or live stream it um, as is there anything that you are looking forward to to share with the audience um, I know you said that it is the first time that you'll be performing it in its entirety and I just that's absolutely fabulous to be able to do the entire show um, and do you find that there's like a different emphasis when you are able to perform it all together, as opposed to the smaller clips that you've been doing um, for the past few years? I would say that I've loved digging what feels like closer and closer to the essence of the piece as we've edited it and adapted it over time. So we know it even better than we ever did. And to be able to bring what we've learned back to the original and even streamline some of the original now it, it's not going to be exactly what it was because we are different and we know more about it now i really look forward to continuing the process of discovery we're never done with this piece and these characters and as you said the space lends itself unbelievably perfectly to the story it really does feel like a place where squatters may have turned off the road and sought out as a shelter. So yeah, we're going to keep learning a lot. <laughs> Amazing. Um, one of our last questions that we always ask on the podcast, because we always want to know, um, is uh, just to learn a little bit more about the people that are behind the piece that people can look forward to seeing. And it is, what is your first theatrical memory? I have so many theatrical memories. It takes a long time to dig back. <laughs> no worries. Mine was probably sitting on the ground, cross-legged, right in front of the television, watching a VHS recording of Pippin, starring Ben Vereen. 
and seeing him on stage singing and dancing, telling this story in such a mysterious way and just being completely captivated with the charisma and um, the eeriness at that time as such a young kid of, of watching this sort of um, parable unfold with music and dance. That's incredible. And also such a vivid image. I think that is fabulous. Um, and yeah, I think I also watched a lot of, a lot of my first uh, the shows that I saw were on a screen and then yeah. I had real life later. Yeah. I think at least in this moment, mine might actually also be a musical. My father taught at a boarding school in central Massachusetts when I was really young. And the school put on a production of Anything Goes. And I remember the thrill of hearing the music that my mom had been singing all the time actually being performed live on stage and the transformation of kids who I knew as students like that I was ogling at as a little 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 kid suddenly become adult characters in the story on stage and they're like wait what that's him that's her really stirred me up in a way that I'm clearly still stirred all these years later. <laughs> and of course, in both musicals, there's an element of dance that um, has clearly inspired um, a passion that we will see play out on our stage in September, which is fabulous. Yes. Um, thank you so much for chatting with me today. As a reminder, The Pigeon and the Mouse by Welcome to Campfire is coming to the space the 9th of September and is staying through the 11th. Tickets are available on our website to both in-person and live stream events. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. <laughs>